BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. <laughs> we are already live. It's too late for that. No, it's not. I can hold There we go. <laughs> welcome to tag talk guys um this is gonna be a chaotic episode one because i am sleep deprived and exhausted um Haley just had a traumatic experience moments before we went live so uh, also we have a new background that Haley made for us so say thank you to Haley for that and also it's post forbidden door which i thought was an incredible show and i know a lot of you guys thought it was an incredible show so we're just gonna have a lot of fun with this uh we're super excited to be here um, this is our last live episode before our hi- hiatus in July. Um, I'm going to be off the grid basically for a whole month, which is, I'm super excited about, honestly, but we're going to miss you guys, but we'll be back in August with our new background and lots of fun things. Um, and hopefully we'll have some interesting stuff to talk about on the road to all in, all in, all out week, <laughs> which we'll get into, but, um, Oh, I didn't even introduce us. I'm Kylie. This is <laughs> yeah, this is this is a lot. Um, to begin, we have a super chat from Caden. Oh, it's suspiciously blank. Wow. Um, <laughs> if you want your question or your comment right on air, make sure to submit a super chat and we'll read all of them. Uh, there's a lot to talk about today. We're going to do Jungle Hook, the Elite, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, which was just an absolute, I don't even, a journey. <laughs> Of a match it, it was yeah. an explosion it was a trek it was a lot of things we're gonna talk about that um it's just gonna be fun because it's our last one before before august so we're gonna have a lot of fun with it so are we gonna talk about bte first yes okay oh this, man there was a lot kind of going on in this episode but the main thing that really stuck out to me was one uh, with Young Bucks are filming. You could hear Kenny planning his match in the background. Thought yeah. that was funny. And two at the end where Kenny's like dead on his feet and he's just smiling about the match with Osprey it reminded me of way back when uh, I don't remember which it was Omega Okada, one of them when Kenny was blonde and they did kind of a similar shot with the Young Bucks just like cheering him on and everything. I was just like the elite i'm i'm just really excited about this show (laughs) uh yeah i it was a short bte this week but it was really fun um i love when we get like the post pay-per-view episodes Mm -hmm. so i'm always like "Ooh, like what did they film like (laughs) at the show and i was like uh 
I thought we would get some good stuff this week. And we did. And we got some best friends yes. stuff, which was exciting. Um, <clears throat> maybe some hints with Trent for the future. I don't know. I don't know. But it was a really good episode this week. Yeah. And I really, it really did feel like a nice little conclusion to a chapter. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to the next one. Um, I don't know where the elite go from here. I definitely think that Omega is like on an island apart from, especially on BTE, apart from um, the Bucks and Hangman, especially the Bucks and Hangman saying they didn't have time to go out to be in Kenny's corner during this match, which they did because I watched the show. There was time. And they were like, yeah, like we passed each other in the hallway. Like, (laughs) I was like, yeah, but there was only like one match in between our match and his match. So like, like, come on, be so for real. But um, the Hung Bucks won. The Hung Bucks plus Ishii and Ke- Eddie Kingston. But, you know, the Hung Bucks. And Kenny did not. So it's like an interesting little wrinkle in that story. Uh, and also the best friends. I really do think... And we can kind of use this as a segue to get into Blood and Guts talk. Um, because Blood and Guts was confirmed for whatever it was confirmed for i don't have the date in front of me it was it's july, in a few july 19th it's at the it's in boston at the Garden. yeah it's a few weeks yeah um but a, but at the post forbidden door press conference brian danielson said that he broke his forearm and he'll be out for six to eight weeks or it'll take six to eight weeks to recover rather so i don't know what the plan is for blood and guts um i don't know who the bcc sort of plug in but I was thinking about this Trent heel situation or Trent being frustrated with not winning and uh, Yuta also in the BCC who is kind of in a similar spot, but is also still sort of in this weird in between where he's still using stuff, stuff that Chuck taught him (laughs) and also trying to be so much like Moxley and Danielson. So I don't know if they'll try, if they'll try to tie the best friends into that. Uh, I don't know what the, plan is for blood and guts in the absence of danielson do you do something else in that in the spot instead of the elite and bcc which would be a real shame i think do you you know bring back you know shota umino and Takeshta and put them in there i don't know but regardless there's so many interesting things it's like we talked about last week it's like the central feud of the elite and bcc and then like so like hundreds of people around them just yeah. also involved in it it's crazy but I kind of like that too because like we said last week there's so many routes that they could take and you know even with um Danielson out like there's still other avenues that they could take and it would still make sense yeah and I I'm a little sad that Danielson is injured mm-hmm. uh, one because I do feel like retrospectively I feel like it did impact the Okada match which was still a great match. I thought it was really excellent, but I think the the finish was a little rushed and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also now you have this really really hot feud of the elite and the BCC, and you know, he hasn't been doing much wrestling in this feud. He's been doing a lot of commentary, a lot yeah. of um, promos, things like that. But now it's like even if they wanted him to, he can't. And so Omega Danielson too, which I was hoping for, uh, if not this summer, then in the fall is not going to happen at least until the end of August, September, wherever it is. I mean, I guess you could do it all out. I hope I so. Love <laughs> um, I love we, have, that. <laughs> we have some super chats. Uh, we have one for Ryan. 
He says, what did Will do after his match with Omega? He asked prayed. Listen, it's been a long day. It's all I got. Listen, that one's good. It was good. If you actually made that yourself, Ryan, I'm really impressed. Me too. And you know what? It has been a long day, but it's okay. We're all here now. We're chucking Listen, through. I had a marathon of a day. Uh, we also have a super chat from our friend College who says, Eddie Kingston and Blood and Guts. Listen, Eddie should Eddie should be in every Blood and Guts match because he just is Blood and Guts. Yeah. Like, you know how you know people say, like, oh, that person is made of, like, sunshine and rainbows? <laughs> Eddie Kingston is made of Blood and Guts. I love that. I want that on a shirt. No, you don't. AW <laughs> <laughs> will use AI, and it'll be, like, a weird meat man. Stop. And it'll be, like, half Eddie Kingston, half meat. Stop. Don't even put that out into the universe. <laughs> well, you did it first. I didn't mean that way. But I I really do, or I did enjoy um, Kingston in the match, and I loved the standoff with Mox in the ring. It was giving me shades of, like, um, Kenny and Hangman at um, All Out last year. Um, but, yeah, I really loved the pay-per-view. The crowd was great. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed the elite match, though. Yeah, I think I don't think this match was as good as um, maybe other trios matches we've seen with the Hung Box or even yeah. like or Young Box matches or whatever. But there's something so fun about the Hung Bucks with Eddie Kingston, mm-hmm. uh, and you know they shaved the, the eyebrows, eyebrows, which I thought was so cute. Um, and on VTE, they showed it, and Eddie's shaving his eyebrow. It's incredible. Uh, and just seeing them try to really contend with Eddie Kingston, who, you know, we mentioned last week, used to be, like, an enemy of the Young Bucks and the Elite. And now he's in this weird spot where he's like, they're the enemy of my enemy is my friend, except also Mox is also my friend. I really just hate Claudio. But that means I have to hate all of you. <laughs> So it's just this weird, like, in-between zone where um, Eddie Kingston is, like, such a beloved character, but he really just wants to get at Claudio. And to do it, he, for some reason, has to team with people he doesn't like and fight people he loves, like Mox. So it's, like, I don't know if Eddie's going to keep going as part of the story. I hope he does, because I thought it was a lot of fun. And also Ishii was just... And Shota Umino, they were just there, but <laughs> they were incredible. They were good in the ring, they, yeah. but they're not really. I mean, Shota is because he's Moxley's like little son, but you know what I mean. I also thought this match really did showcase a lot of the Hung Bucks really working well together and like just mindless, just knowing what to do, just instinctual teaming, which adds to this Kenny Omega feeling replaced by hangman page story that they're telling um and i do think uh with bte and the stuff at forbidden door and this like rumored kota abushi thing i think they're going to start moving into that story quickly Mm -hmm. especially with all in all out weekend coming up and all out was at the united center so is collision um dynamite and rampage are still at now arena in you know not chicago (laughs) <laughs> we'll call it Chicago it is not Chicago um, but really just like a week of really really big shows you go from Wembley you know straight to Chicago 
And then you have, you know, your TV, you have your couple episodes of TV and then another pay-per-view, which is one of your staple pay-per-views. So like, there's a lot of moving pieces here. Um, but I think Forbidden Door really put AW in a good spot going into July and August when that while they try to build for this week. I agree. Uh, they've definitely started setting some things up, which we'll definitely get into. Um, some good things, some not so great things, but it's okay. <laughs> and also, sorry that my lighting just got dark, by the way. It's thunderstorming here. So... If I if, my blinding sunlight. If I turn into Kylie and my internet goes out, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, thank you to Omar for the super chat. Um, but yeah, let's just get into like the meat of Forbidden Door. We've been talking a little bit about the elite, but there's like a lot of other stuff that happened on this show. I'm gonna pull up my match ratings just so I can follow along. Mm. Um, we. Aren't gonna? I don't think we're gonna be able to talk about every match. I think I think we'll focus on our faves. And I know. Listen, I feel like we should rip the bandaid off, and start talking about Jungle Boy and Jungle Hook. Yep. So, Jungle Boy and Sonata had. I thought it was a good match. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think it was anything special, because uh, it's it's Jungle Boy and Sonata. They weren't gonna put on a, an Omega Osprey classic, especially not. Well, were they, like, fourth on the card, like, smack dab in the middle? Uh, but it was fine. But the big story is at the end, uh, so Jungle Boy loses. And at the end, you know, uh, Hook is there with his FTW title. And he's trying to, like, raise Jungle Boy's hands. You know, like, you challenged Sonata, like, your second world title match in a month. Like, that's a big accomplishment, and the fans want to cheer for you. And Jungle Boy turned on Hook and ended up raising the FTW title, which for some reason it's still a contended title in aw <laughs> don't know why um and then aw does this brilliant thing where they cut the camera to taz who had been on commentary and he has his glasses off and he just has this like really emotional look on his face and he's trying to make sense of what he just saw his son go through this collapse of a friendship this like uncalled for violence and they're trying to get him to comment on it and he just really has no words which I thought really added to the story because Taz, you know, he's been a part of Hook's tenure in AEW, especially, you know, Team Taz and then his um, breaking off in his solo work. But we haven't really seen Taz be a father. He's always been like a coach to Hook or, you know, your regular wrestling coach. But seeing him getting upset about this, Taz, who's always so, he's always either laughing or he's stoic or he's, a, you know, a hard ass, whatever. Uh, I think it really added to the impact of the turn. And I really appreciated that AW did that. I did too. And I'm I'm just very glad that Hook is finally getting an established story like this. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like sometimes we'll get stuff like we got, um, you know, the Hook House and stuff. And that didn't really go anywhere. And, you know, Hook is just kind of having these matches here and there. And they're great. But he hasn't had, like, a substantial story. So I'm glad that you know, we're building off of that, um, with Jungle Hook, um, and I can't wait for their inevitable match. It's, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, and I think Jungle Boy really did need something, because, one, his name is Jungle Boy, and I feel like that <laughs> has a feeling on it, just by the nature of the character, okay? And I love Jungle Boy. I love the whole thing, but if we're being honest, he's getting older, and he's going to outgrow that. Yeah. 
And so then they started calling him, you know, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, and he has the leather jacket, a little bit of like halfway. Uh, he beats Christian, and then where does he go from there? You know, he loses the, the Pillars thing, the MJF match. He loses this match. So I'm really interested to see what becomes of Jack Perry. Um, I think people will always call him Jungle Boy, whether he drops that name or not. I think that's just who he is now, unfortunately. But what what is his music going to be like? What is his gear going to look like? How is he going to act and present himself as this bad guy who is trying to shed, you know, this childlike persona of Jungle Boy? It's going to be really interesting. And I think Hook is a nice kind of foil of that. Hook has that sort of rough, that tough guy look about him just because, well, one, we know he, that he's a trained fighter because they told us that. And two, he's just like always so stoic. He turns his back to his opponents. He just wins. And because he does, he's never that excited about it. He's excited for Jungle Boy, though, which, ouch, that hurts. I know. Um, but he's sort of the opposite of, jungle, of, you know, this caricature of Jungle Boy in a lot of ways. So I think seeing them lean into these um, sort of forgotten sides of themselves is going to be really, really interesting. I don't know. Um, I don't know about the FTW title being part of this. Yeah. Uh, I really don't want this to be a title feud. I would, I would much rather Jungle Boy just go for everything Hook loves and not just the title. Like, go for his dad. You know, you can go for his friends. You can go for Dan House, and you can do a lot of things. Um, but if it's just the title, I feel like it lessens the emotion for me, especially with Taz being at, as he was. But I'm really, really excited about this, especially for Jungle Boy, who really needs something. Yeah, and I, you brought up a good point of, like, you know jungle boy like terrorizing the people that hook loves you know his dad and you know when danhausen comes back danhausen because you know we we've get, gotten teases on instagram in the past 24 hours or not instagram twitter yeah uh, which i've loved <laughs> i loved danhausen um ripping him a new one <laughs> i thought that was really funny yeah and um, I don't know what the status is on Dan Housen's injury when he'll be back, but I really do see how this could lead to a reunion of Hookhausen, which and I would love that. I would love that. There's just something so magical about those two characters together. <laughs> even even I love Jungle Hook, but I really do feel like Hookhausen. Like there's something really just special there. And uh, a lot of people on Twitter were sort of fantasy booking the um, Christian Cage Luchasaurus duo, mm -hmm. sort of reaching out to Jungle Boy and trying to like build something there. I'm, you know, the jury in my head is still out on that. I'm not sure I want this new heel Jungle Boy to accept that offer from Christian Cage, who is his enemy. Uh, unless something serious happens and the reconciliation makes sense or like a, um, a partnership makes sense in that, uh, in that agreement. I don't want Jungle Boy to be like, okay, I'm a bad guy. So now it's perfectly fine for me to be friends with Christian Cage, who's a bad guy. Uh, we have a super chat from our friend Jackie who says, hello to you both sending a last super chat with love before the hi hiatus. Thank you, Jackie. We love you. Um, but back to, back to Jungle Hook. Uh, they have to make it make sense if they're going to do that. I don't think you can just throw Jungle Boy back in with Luchasaurus and Christian Cage and, you know, assume that I'm going to be okay. <laughs> no, I agree. And, like, part of me 
wants to see, you know, how he does on his own in this heel kind mm-hmm. of persona. You know what I mean? I kind of want to see what he can do without a mouthpiece or other people, you know, kind of attached to yeah. him. Because I really do feel like it's sink or swim for him. Because mm-hmm. in the four pillars angle, I think it's undeniable that Jungle Boy was the weakest promo. Uh, I think, I think MJF and Darby did a lot of you know a hard carry in that program. Uh, Sammy was pretty hit or miss, uh, and we'll get to Sammy and Jericho later. Don't worry, guys. Uh, but Jungle Boy, he was like he's always at least to me since the collapse of Jurassic Express, been on shaky ground. He's just kind of part of, you know, AEW's four pillars, mm-hmm. and he's a great in-ring wrestler. I, you know, looking back at Jungle Boy's career in AEW, he's had a lot of really great matches. But it's like he's never felt, at least to me, like he's secure in his skin uh, as Jungle Boy, uh, and that's because the character, of course, you know, we've mentioned, is a little childlike. It's a little um, contrived. Um, and all that sort of stuff. But I really want to know, like, Jack Perry the person, if he makes a heel wrestling character, what does that look like? Like, what part of himself is going to be involved in that? And there's a lot of, like, interesting ways he could go with it. You know, I would, I think it'd be really interesting to see him try to, you know, if they want to keep the Christian connection, which I think they will, try to be this, like, old school heel, like Christian or if he goes more of like a hook route and tries to be like hook or what he does. I I think it's I think one, I think it's interesting interesting that while he's turning heel, Sammy Guevara is turning face. Mm-hmm. That's a little interesting trade-off. But I also think Jungle Boy has a lot of potential. Like I feel like he's starting from a flat ground. No, I agree. Um and like you had mentioned, um you know, seeing him kind of either go like the old school route or like a hook route. I, when you said that, I got an image in my head of Jack Perry in a black turtleneck, like Christian, Christian vibes. Just following him around? Yeah. Like Billy, like Billy Kay with the resumes? Oh my God. Call, okay, Jungle Boy, call Billy Kay. She'll help you. She knows Kay. what to do. But I do think it's, I think, like, there's a lot of opportunity here to do something really, really special with this mm-hmm. Jungle Hook breakup. I think Jungle Boy is in a unique position where he could become anyone. Because yeah. the Jungle Boy character was, like, so absurd. Not in a bad way, but, you know, he's a, a boy who's from the jungle who's front of the dinosaur. Like, that's a little weird, guys. But he could be anyone now. Like, you could completely end Jungle Boy and have Jack Perry be anyone. And that is incredible. He could, like, he could do anything he wanted to do. And I think Hook is in, like you mentioned earlier, a spot where he needs a substantial feud, a one-on-one feud to get him to the next level. So I think this is going to do incredible things. It's going to hurt me emotionally. I'm going to be very upset with it. But I think at the end of this feud... Regardless of whether Danhausen returns or not, I think both of these guys are going to come out a lot better than they were. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is what gets Jungle Boy back into the mix with the Darbies and the MJFs and like the the pillars. Um, I would not put Sammy in that echelon with those two yet. Um, it depends on what he does with Chris Jericho. I'm a little iffy on it, but I think Jungle Boy could really catapult to that lead. 
Well, yeah, and I was, I remember saying when, like, the whole Four Pillars thing kind of started, I was like, you know, I see the potential in Jungle Boy, but he's not there yet. Like, I looked at him and everybody else in the ring, and even, like, Sammy, I was like, okay, like, it's fine, whatever, but, like, looking at Jungle Boy, I was like, no, it just, he's not there yet for me. Um, so I think that this heel turn is going to be really great for him. And like you said, it's an opportunity to kind of start fresh because, you know, the Jungle Boy persona is very childlike, like you had mentioned. And, it, you know, it worked for the first couple years, um, you know, that he's been in AEW. But, you know, it's time to take that next step and kind of enter this new phase, especially, like you said, as he gets older. Yeah. And Luchasaurus, I think, will always be a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. But he's proven that he can do it as a baby face or do it as a heel, so that doesn't matter. Um, but, but you can't be... Luchasaurus is so sick. Yes. Like, I love it. Me too. But you can't be Jungle Boy and come out to that song and be a bad guy. Like, you just yeah. can't. So that's what I'm really excited about. Um, and, you know, to use this as a segue to Sammy... Um, I thought in the four pillars angle, Sammy, there were moments where Sammy was really holding his own, especially yep. when he would appeal as a baby face. Mm-hmm. I think the wishy-washiness of it, is he MJ's friend? Is he not? Was not for me. But uh, I think in the last couple of weeks, this building tension between Sammy and Chris Jericho, I'm excited about it. I, st- I still firmly believe that Sammy Guevara should have turned on Jericho two years ago after that uh, anarchy, no, not anarchy in the arena, stadium stampede with the inner circle. I thought that should have been the dissolution of the inner circle then. Uh, And then Sammy could have come out of that. And I think Sammy would have been in a way higher spot now. I think he would be up there with Orange Cassidy and Darby um, as these sort of upper mid-card baby faces. But they have a cool opportunity here. And I think an opportunity for Chris Jericho as well. Because... uh, you know, he was beaten by Action Andretti, and we haven't really gotten a whole lot out of that yet. I think uh, the JAS is on its on, on its way to its deathbed. Uh, and I think there's an interesting opportunity with Chris Jericho and Sting to have Chris Jericho do something really insane because he's on his own for the first time in AEW. He doesn't have Sammy. Um, everybody else has basically abandoned him. They're never around. Even Jake Hager is, I don't know where he's at. Uh, he was, he showed up, he showed up to AEW a little while ago, but I don't know. Uh, and I think if Sammy, if this feud goes right and Sammy doesn't make an, a fool of himself on the mic and he holds his own with Chris Jericho on the mic, because he can in the ring, we all know he can in the ring. Uh, I think Sammy, this is a great opportunity for him. And I almost feel like the four pillars match should have come months later so that we could have this jungle boy and sammy guevara character development and then they wouldn't look so dumb yeah and mjf no but you're right like yeah like just the whole feud like it was basically for a lot of people between mjf and darby because the rest of it just felt so unrealistic and like they shouldn't be there even though they call themselves you know the four pillars of aw yeah, and I mean, Sammy is a former TNT champion, a former multi-time mm-hmm. TNT champion, but no one remembers that because, well, one, the Cody Rhodes thing was like, mm, <laughs> no, we don't want to remember that. And also, like, nothing came of it. And he never, yeah. at least from my perspective, he had the belt and he, it never elevated him. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Sammy Guevara, 
and the Cody Rhodes stuff, that was like the death of the TNT title. And now we're in a rebuilding phase with this Christian Luchasaurus thing. Um, but I do think Sammy as a baby face, especially as a baby face, who's, you know, going to be a father soon, a father to a daughter. Um, and, you know, he's having this, he's thinking about his family commentary, keeps stressing that, you know, he's going to be a dad. He's thinking about his family, you know, his future, all that sort of stuff. This Jericho thing could be a lot of fun. But as I say that Jericho is continuing this feud with Sting and Darby. So I don't think, I don't know if the Sammy turn happens this week on TV. I don't know if we save this somehow for like all in all out week. I don't know, but I, Sammy and Jungle Boy doing things is like match. It's like everything we needed in AW, the four pillars, like actually doing things. (laughs) Well, I know because it's like, okay, you guys, you know, you're the four pillars, but like only half of you are doing something. <laughs> like, yeah. where are the rest? Like, what, what's happening? Like, I don't know. And I think even MJF, he won the world title and I think he floundered for a little bit. And I think he's getting back in his groove. The Tanahashi match I thought was really good. Some people were a little bit less positive on it, but it was good. And, you know, he's very orange. And he carries he carries around the belt, and he yeah. he does the whole the whole gimmick. Uh, uh, I wonder if uh, because Ricky is now doing this stuff with FTR and CM Punk on that side of things. I wonder if they're going to build back up to another Four Pillars match, and then we will see someone really beat MJF. Uh, thank you to Pro Wrestling Podcast for the super chat. Uh, I wonder if we're going to build back to that instead of building back to the second Ricky match. Maybe. That'd be interesting. Because like you said, uh, you know, uh, it would have been more momental, monumental, I guess, um, for lack of a better word, if, you know, we got that character development. So I would love to see them revisit it eventually. In some capacity. Yeah, especially um, if Ricky is going to stay mixed up with the collision squad. And then, you know, I hope that th- it's not going to be a reality every week where we have the same thing on Dynamite and Collision yeah. as we did this week. I hope that's not going to be our future. Um, so I definitely do think Sammy is going to be Dynamite and Jungle Boy is going to be Dynamite. So if Ricky's going to go off and, you know, I really do think there's something there. it's better than to do this four pillars thing again. I don't know. I mean, MJF Tanahashi, I don't know where and who is MJF's next challenger after that. I had assumed it would be Danielson, but Danielson is now injured. Um, Adam Cole that he's sick. Um, you know, he had to pull out of forbidden door because he was sick. So I don't know. Uh, we have a super chat from our dad, Chris, who says is the final countdown. Sorry. I'm bored. Um, you're bored I'm with so us. happy that we're boring you. Chris. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We love you. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, Adam Cole pulls out of Forbidden Door because he's sick. Danielson is injured. I don't know if Adam Cole is still sick or if he will be sick. I have no idea what's going on there. That's his private medical stuff. I I don't care to know. Uh, but if he is not ready to be back this week or next week, you have to find something to do with MJF. Because... We have, you know, all in, all out week, which is going to be hell week. So um, 
the pro wrestling podcast the super chat says my crystal ball says punk um i think punk is turning heel i think it's unavoidable um i think there is more money in a baby face kenny omega and a heel cm punk than there is two baby faces uh in a cm punk and kenny omega and i do think if you put them in a ring together punk will be booed anyway so you might as well make him a really, really good heel like we know he can be. Uh, and if that's the case, I think you push the MJF rematch. And you give MJF someone else. I mean, you you, you could give him anyone. <laughs> just, you but, could literally you, just feed him anybody. <laughs> but if, if you put a heel MJF in the ring with a, a heel CM Punk who's like committed to being a heel, not this wishy-washiness, yeah. he, he'd wipe the floor with MJF. Um, it'd be like a really bad situation. And I think it would not be entertaining just because MJF would do the whole, I looked up to you when I was a kid <laughs> and I don't feel sympathy for him. And then you have, you don't have CM Punk caring because he knows it's a ruse. So it's like a weird situation. Um, but yeah, that's what I would do. I also, I wouldn't be opposed to uh, MJF doing something like a short little thing with, like Orange Cassidy or Daniel Garcia or one of these guys who's just kind of in the international title situation, I wouldn't be mad about that because uh, I think the match would be really great. I think the promos would be really great. Um, you could do Darby again, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I'd you just if they do Punk and they keep Punk a babyface, because like I had tweeted, um, I really do think. Omega Punk at All Out should be the goal. Um, and I think that they should set it up at All In and the All In press conference and then make the match official with urgency. Like this fight has to happen or something is going to happen backstage and it's going to be bad. Um, and then you can really capitalize on the fans because as all as we approach All Out, fans are going to be thinking about Brawl Out. They're going to be anxious about it and nervous about it. Um, you can capitalize on that and you could do like a shoot work angle and have Punk Omega at all out and it'd be great but like i said i think it only works if punk's a heel i agree 100%. But i don't know what you do to mjf at that point mjf being world champion really throws a wrench in my in my works like i guess you could do eddie eddie kingston mjf the fact that eddie is not a world champion in AEW or just a champion at all <laughs> i don't know I don't know. It's like the fact that he doesn't mix it up for titles. Like, I mean, the Ring of Honor thing, but I mean, in AW at least, I'm, I would love to see him challenge for that belt. And I mean, Eddie versus MJF sells itself because they're polar opposites as people. And I also think there's, this is like MJF's ideal opponent that he can just, you know, roast on the mic and try to embarrass and Eddie won't get embarrassed. So I think that that would be really great. Uh, yeah. Are we booking AEW right now? We're just booking all in. <laughs> what do you mean are we booking AEW right now? We're always booking something with AEW. <laughs> I know, we really are. But I really do think MJF needs something to sink his teeth into. Like the four pillars thing, he tried so hard, but it, like it didn't click at a lot of in a lot of places. The Tanahashi thing was fun, but it's forbidden door. Like it's just it's over and done with now. So he needs like 
but it can't be punk. You just can't. Not with CMFTR, not with the Bullet Club and Samoa Joe and all this stuff. You just can't. And if they do, it'll I, it'll feel really forced, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think they need to do it eventually, but like you said, not right now. There's just there's too many things happening, I think. Um, and with him potentially turning heel... And like this whole stuff with Ricky and CMFTR, I don't know. It's yeah, there's a lot going on. I do think Punk is turning on Ricky and FTR. I do too. Yeah. Um, I'm preparing. And I, I, think, I, I th- and I think, I think he wants to. I think Punk wants to be a heel, and I also think AW can't avoid him being a heel because he's going to get booed. Um, good booze, not bad booze. This yeah. is not go away booze. This is like we know you're a jerk. Just so yeah. just be a jerk, like show us that you're a jerk. Um, but if you're like an old school Ring of Honor fan, you know how good Punk can be as a heel. Um, I think there's a good reason why MJF was so inspired by that era of Punk. Um, and he takes it, he makes a parody of it in the MJF character, a lot of the stuff Punk did. But listen, back then, Punk was the guy. Uh, and Babyface Punk is great. But, but the fact that he's no longer here to help the younger talent, he's here yeah. to settle scores and win, he's a heel, guys. It's going to happen. It's on the uh, Yeah. I mean, I mean, if and if they don't, I was still right, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was still right. It's okay. Exactly. Um, uh, so we, Oh, sorry. No, I was just breathing. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought you said, so what? And I was like, what? No. <laughs> I was like, okay, so what? Um, we already kind of talked about the um, the Hung Bucks, Eddie Ishii versus Blackpool Combat Club match uh, and the blood and guts implications and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I did want to talk just for like a teeny tiny second about the Blackpool Combat Club. Well, first, we have a super chat. From the pro-, pro wrestling podcast, you just need another invisible mic moment from Punk. We need a lot of things from Punk, um, and we need to start getting them. Mm-hmm. Um, the last two collisions have kind of been Punk getting back in the swing of things, and I think this single match. I think he was really rusty in this singles match with Kojima, um, but it was better. I think. I think even Punk before he was injured, he was still rusty. I think. I don't think you can really deny that. Yeah. Uh, but I would love to see him do more callbacks and I would love to see him really add things to his repertoire. Um, the go to sleep. I don't think it looks that good anymore. Um, I think he can really do more than he's doing in the ring. And I, I think he should. And I, I would love to see him really start adding stuff up to the Omega match, which some people think the Omega match isn't happening, but I it's happening. I, I think it's happening. <laughs> I mean, how could it not? You know, they all know that it's a money-making match. And, you know, I think that Kenny, the singles match with Kenny, um, is the most likely to happen. Because, um, you know, people wanted CMFTR versus the Elite um, way back when. But, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know if the Bucks are there. But I think that Kenny, you know. For the sake of yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Especially, I think my biggest criticism of Forbidden Door was that FTR wasn't on it. 
as the AW tag champs. Yes. And House of Black wasn't on it. Any iteration of the House of Black, singles or tag or even, you know, Julia in a women's match wasn't on it. Um, and I would like... I think that FTR versus the Bullet Club Gold is the match they're going to go with, which I'm totally fine with. Um, but I would like the Blackpool Combat Club to do something <laughs> because they're doing this elite thing and they're building blood and guts and they'll probably carry them for, you know, a few more months at least. But I would, I want, I think what I, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that I want to see them strive for gold. Yeah. Uh, because I think if you're going to have a fight club where your goal is to be the best that you should, then you should go for titles. And I think the elite thing, I think the elite can also go for titles or the hung bucks at least can also go for titles and we can make that a thing. We don't need, you know, they don't need to have this blood feed where they just hate each other. So they're just going to beat each other up for months. Like they can be racing each other to the house of black or racing each other to FTR or something like that. Uh, and add some more stakes to it. Uh, and Kenny being sort of on the outs or not on the outs sort of in that mix, that gives you a good reason for the elite to lose that race. I think, and I think it'd be more. I think it'd be more compelling. That being said, I have loved the elite in the Blackpool Combat Club. I'm worried about blood and guts. I don't know if Danielson will be there. I hope that they find someone who can slot in there. Um, if not Eddie, then like I don't know who else is friends with Mox. No one. He has no friends. Uh, who's friends with Danielson? Brie Bella. I said that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Brie Garcia in AW needs to happen. Okay, it it just feels natural to me that she would show up at some point. Yeah, if, even if like just in the crowd, like just there, like with her kids or something. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, we haven't seen it. But you know, we got the red flannel stuff. Brie hints they're dropping seeds for Brie yeah. Bella. What, what, what would her entrance music be? That's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know. There's nothing like she could see. She's like she's like Jungle Boy. She could come to AW and be anyone. That's true. Brie Bella, if you're watching, please just send me a DM and let me know what's going on. What's the sitch? <laughs> what's the sitch? <laughs> Give us an exclusive. Yeah, give me an exclusive. Give me something, Brie Bella. Say, call me and tell me, not Sean Ross App. <laughs> I deserve it. Um, and then I would tell Sean Ross App, but I would have it first. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Period. Um, that was so. Moving on, uh, back to the Blackpool Combat Club. I think it'd be fun, and yeah. also. I want blood and guts, and I don't want them to. I think they could put the outcast thing in there, the women's match. I think you could, but Jamie Hader isn't there, so like investment yeah. from fans is going to be eh. But you could do it, I guess, or you could do it with someone else. I don't know. You could take Team Sting and Team Jericho and do it, I guess. But I think Elite Blackpool Combat Club is like you just have to accept the fact that Danielson's not going to be there and put someone else. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, for sure. But uh, I am excited to see where it kind of goes now. Like, who we could slot in there. 
Yeah, and I mean, theoretically, it would be an Omega opponent. It would be... um, Because I think that Omega Danielson, I really do think they were going to start hyping that, mm-hmm. um, especially with Danielson beating Okada and Omega losing to Osprey, really going with that. Uh, I don't know... I mean, Moxley's already in there, though. <laughs> He's already there. Um, and it'll be hard with the G1, too, going on. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think maybe this week on Dynamite we'll get some more um, information about that. Because I think they'll confirm the if it's Elite Lockable Combat Club as soon as they can, just to stop speculation like this. <laughs> and fans hyping them up themselves up for something that's not going to happen. Um, Which we often do. We do. This is like the half of it. Like, if you could see me and Haley texting each other or me and Haley in a group chat, it really does. Like, we turn these things into Hollywood movies. And it's kind of bad. Like, it's really Delulu, but at least we know it's Delulu. Yeah, at least we're aware. And yeah, but also our episode that we have next week with Charlie is, I think, a perfect example of this. I don't want to give any spoilers for the episode no. because I'm really proud of it and I want you guys to watch it and not just take my spoilers, but yes. I'm um, speaking of the Lulu. It's time for Omega Osprey. I promised on Twitter that I would talk about Kenny Omega. So this is our Kenny Omega time. Uh, this match was incredible. I gave it five stars. Unlike Dave Melcher, I don't go above five stars because I think that's stupid. Uh, but I gave it five stars. I thought this was an incredible match. I really did. I love the callbacks to the 2020 tag match. Um, Kenny Omega kicking out of the one-winged angel, just like he kicked out of the golden trigger. Um, A lot of Kenny Omega really digging deep and pulling out moves and strategies from past opponents like Hangman Page. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, Getting bloody like Moxley, which Moxley didn't bleed on this show. (laughs) Interesting. Um, Will Ospreay did. Will Ospreay bled bled a lot. lot. (laughs) He was bleeding everywhere. It was kind of gross. They did one shot. I don't remember where he was in the ring, but he had like a strip of hair hanging down. Yes, it was was dripping. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. Um, But this match was like... I I think it was an all-time great match. I would put this up there with the Omega Okadas of the world. Um... And I also think Will Ospreay looked great in this match in ways that he hasn't looked great in other matches. Um, he really did beat the um, the his critics, which I am a critic of Will Ospreay, but the people who are like diehard haters of him. The you know he's Kenny Omega light. He's he's you know cloning Ricochet. He doesn't understand story and psychology. I think he really you know gave them the finger and did a Kenny Omega style match. I think almost as good as Kenny Omega did, which was really great. Of course, Will Ospreay came out on top. Um, but I think overall this match, like there were high flying spots. There was grappling. There was, you know, blood and smacking each other on the ring apron and trying to bash each other's head in. And there's, you know, spots to the outside. And there's that, that's, you know, that Tiger Driver 91 that we are not going to talk about because I don't want to get into a debate about that. Um, but this match was incredible. And I, that's coming from me, who's always sort of, I approach a Will Ospreay match knowing that he someone is going to carry the story and it's not going to be him. <laughs> uh, but I think he really showed that he's grown a lot as a wrestler. 
So I loved this. And I think it really kind of kicked off with their match at um, Wrestle Kingdom. Like, I feel like a lot of the opinions from people, uh, you know, kind of started to shift a little bit on Osprey. So seeing him come into this match, I was really excited to see how it was going to differ from that. Because that is on my match of the year list. It's at the top. Because I thought it was fantastic. So I was like, how do you outdo that match? But they somehow did it. And it might be higher for me than the Wrestle Kingdom match. Yeah, I think I think I would put this one higher than Wrestle Kingdom, but I think it's like neck and neck. It's really close. Mm-hmm. Um, and people in the chat are talking about uh, Will Osprey. How can I not like Will Osprey? I just never clicked with Will Osprey. I re- I just didn't even like young Will Osprey or Will Osprey now. I just don't click with him as a wrestler or as a wrestling character. It just I appreciate that his matches are good. I appreciate that he's really athletic and that I can watch a Will Ospreay match and enjoy myself. But I don't, when I, when I get invested in a wrestler, I get invested for, you know, a variety of reasons, but I just haven't with Will Ospreay. There's like a, ba- a barrier there. Um, but he really is doing his best with these Kenny, this Kenny Omega series to draw me in. And I really appreciate it. Uh, if he can stay healthy uh, and, you know, not aggravate his injuries and really sort of tone it down. I think Will Ospreay uh, can really be a force in wrestling in, in New Japan. In you know these AW matches he does, I don't, I don't remember. He said like in the presser that he's wrapping up indies for the year or something like that. Uh, but I really do think he's getting better and better and better, and I appreciate that. I appreciate wrestlers who like take the criticism into account and do their best to um, address those those problems that people are having or the issues or what have you. But back to this Omega Osprey match, I do think it was interesting that the Young Bucks weren't there to corner. Because normally they do. If they're, if they're in the city, same city as Kenny Omega, they normally do for a big match like this. They did for Omega Okada. Uh, I don't think they did for Omega Tanahashi at that Wrestle Kingdom, the horrible Wrestle Kingdom that nobody talks about. I don't think so, but they normally do. I thought it was interesting they weren't there. They were backstage with Hangman watching, though, which, oh, there's a lot of implications to that, a lot of story to that. But I think Kenny Omega is still doing these matches at this level. Not every match is this great from Kenny Omega, and it shouldn't be because he would be dead by now. But I do love that we can still depend on Kenny Omega to be big match Kenny. And now that he's healthier than he was in 2021, um, I think Omega Danielson, too is going to blow Omega Danielson 1 out of the water. If if Danielson can stay healthy. Danielson is always like, yes, I secretly had this injury. Uh, and he just tells you months later that he was, you know, in pain. That his limbs were, like, going to fall off or something. Uh, but if, if he can take the time and heal this broken arm and, like, heal everything else that's wrong with him and then come back for the Kenny match at full strength, as healthy as he can be, if that match happens this year, ah, uh, I don't know. That's three Kenny Omega matches. That I think would be match of the year. I don't think there's anyone really who, and this is my opinion, and people are the Roman fans are going to come for me, but I think Kenny Omega is in the running for wrestler of the year. I really do think that he should be at the top of that list right now. We're only six months into the year, but it's 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 hard to argue that he isn't. I mean, I feel like I don't have a leg to stand on because. 
when I watched that Wrestle Kingdom match, I was like, oh, Kenny, my wrestler of the year. I don't care. Week one, you were like, oh, wrap it up, go home. I knew. I was like, yep, this is going to be Kenny's year. And it is. So I'm just saying. I think uh, Orange Cassidy is a great year that yeah. he's sort of in the running. I think uh, Danielson hasn't really wrestled that much this year because uh, you know he's been secretly injured the whole time. Somehow, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a few guys who were like in the running for like top ten, but I think Kenny Omega having two like classics, both with Will Osprey, but I think. Um, Kenny Omega having those matches and you know the other things he the other uh stories he's done, the other matches he's had. I don't know, guys. Um, maybe by the end of the year we'll all be like, oh, of course it was Danielson, or of course it was Okada or whoever, because they're just gonna have an excellent six months. But I think Kenny's at the top of my list right now. And he's definitely at the top of mine. So and people are gonna disagree with that, and they're but you know well, what? It's our opinion. It's my list. And that's that. Nah. <laughs> um, I don't want to talk about Team Sting versus Team Jericho. Uh, it was okay. It was fine. But it's like you're in a rough spot. Then they put poor Suzuki in this spot. Where you're in between an all-time classic match and you're anticipating this other potential all-time classic match that's going to happen in the main event, which shouldn't have been in the main event in retrospect. And you're like, okay, Sting and Jericho, go do it. And Suzuki's there like, Hey, I'm Suzuki, and the crowd is exhausted. We're exhausted, but it was fine. It was fine. Uh, Danielson Okada was excellent. Um, Danielson apparently broke his arm ten minutes or so into the match, and there was a really abrupt ending. I don't think people were expecting one Okada to tap out and two for it to happen so soon. I think that they probably had plans to go longer, uh, especially I think on like at least fifteen more. Yeah, and on BTE, Nick made a joke like that Okada's wrestling 60 minutes tonight. Yeah. Um, he did not, spoiler alert. But the match was still great, and they were, they were putting on such a clinic. But it's like, we're going to get a rematch. I think we have to, especially because of Danielson's broken arm and Okada tapping out. I think the rematch, the stage is set. Uh, but it just sucks because I could see where they were going with it, and I could see the potential in it. And they just couldn't get there because of this unfortunate injury. And like you said, you know, there's obviously going to be a rematch. Um, And honestly, it makes me more hungry for it now that we didn't even see all that they were capable of doing. Um, So I'm excited for the rematch. Uh, But it it is a bummer. Um, And I'm sure it was a bummer to Danielson especially because he really wanted this match with Okada. He said it for years that he really wanted to wrestle Okada. So I'm sure he was bummed about it. But, you know, we'll get it again. We will. We're holding on hope. Yeah. Uh, And I would like to see the rematch happen in Japan. I I think Danielson, like, on that stage in Japan. And I don't remember who it is. Um, Maybe someone in the chat knows. But someone had tweeted... Uh, because people are like, what are Japanese fans saying about Okada coming to America and tapping out? Because that's a big thing. He hasn't done that in like almost 10 years. Uh, and apparently Japanese fans are super into Danielson. And they're really into this. Huh. So they could do that in Japan. I, If they're going to do that, though, I'd save it for Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, 
And then me and Haley will be there at like three in the morning, whenever it is, whenever the show comes on, I don't know. And we're going to be like on Discord. <laughs> at oh. first I was like, oh, we're going to be there live. Okay. We're going to Japan. Yeah. Listen, I want to, I want to go to a Wrestle Kingdom live so badly. Um, it's just so expensive. Yeah. Japan is just like criminally expensive. It is. And granted, okay, I'm flying across the world. I mean, it should be expensive, probably. But you can't cut me a deal. Like, American Airlines, you can't cut me some slack. Like, come on. I deserve yeah. it. And, like, from where I live, like, I would have to fly into Canada and then fly to Japan. And it's just, it's so much flying. I, I, it's dumb. Because I looked um, at some point, like, last year, uh, just at, like, flights to Japan. And I was like, this is crazy. Why do I have to go to Canada? But, okay. <laughs> just go on a world tour to get to Tokyo? <laughs> just, you gotta make it happen. I was gonna, uh, I was looking at flights to go to All In at Wembley. Yeah. And even that was expensive. And granted, okay, it's the summer. Everybody's traveling. They're gonna jack up the prices. But, like, come on now. Be polite to me. Like, I'm just trying to do things and have fun in my life. Um, but Forbidden Door this year, overall, I thought was excellent. I don't think there's any match on this card that I thought didn't deliver or missed the mark. I thought every everything was, like, really, really good. I agree. Um, I I wouldn't even say that there were any, there was anything that was, like, even less than good, to be honest. Like... It was either good, very good, or excellent. Yes. Nothing lower than that for me, which is really good. That's how you know you did a good show. Um, CSB says they should do Forbidden Door, Forbidden Door in Japan at some point. I've thought about that too. I think it depends if they look at the streaming of Forbidden Door pay-per-views. Are Japanese fans watching Forbidden yeah. Door? I think, like, and I have no idea. I'm just asking. Um because if they're not watching Forbidden Door, then you can't really bring the pay-per-view there and expect them to go. Um, but I, I don't know what I was going to say about Danielson. I was going to say something about Danielson. Uh, but Omega Osprey, I think, is one of those matches that I'm going to go back and watch yeah. over and over and over again. Like, I watch Omega Okada a lot. I watch the Revolution 2020 tag match with uh, Kenny and Hangman and the Young Bucks a lot. And I think I'll go back and I'll watch this one a lot because I think it's just that it's one of those matches that you'll watch multiple times and each time you'll see something that you didn't see before. And that's that's Kenny Omega's hallmark, but it's also a sign of like really great wrestling. So I'm really excited about it. Um, Haley, do you have your final thoughts and your plugs? Did we cover everything we wanted to? I think we did. Sure we did. Yeah, awesome. My final thoughts. I'm really excited for the next few months of AEW and just wrestling in general, um, especially with it being all-in season now. I'm super excited um, to see where that goes. Um, but yeah, also, Kylie and I are reuniting at All Out. We are. We're very excited about it. We literally decided last night, okay, we're going to go. And Yeah, we saw it. It's so, like, petty. But we saw it was in the United Center, and we were like, oh, my God, we have to go. 
Because if we had gone to Hoffman Estates again, which is not Chicago, and they'll tell you it is, it's not, I think someone would have died. <laughs> like, I think we barely survived last year. Like, there's so many things that could have killed us. Like, the food at IHOP, the spiders, um, yeah, the, the dark streets at 3 in the morning, <clears throat> sleeping in the parking lot. Like, we could have died. Behind a dumpster, a literal dumpster. Which was making noise. Yeah, it, something was in there. Probably a rabbit raccoon. Probably. <laughs> so, like, but now we get to go to the United Center, which is so nice. And you get to go, you know, buy our groceries and cook our little meals. It's going to be great. <laughs> but, yeah, we will be at All Out. Um, if you guys are going, come say hi. If you can find us. I know last year some of you came and said hi to me. Um, no, at Forbidden Door and at All Out. Um, but yeah, Chicago fans. Come. You know what I really want? And this is so off topic. I want a breakdown of Tag Talk viewers where they live. I mean, I'm sure we could find that out. <laughs> if we looked at the end. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Jeremy and I'll ask. <laughs> Jeremy, I need, I need Google stats. <laughs> Pronto. I'm interested too. Um, but plugs, plugs. Um, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Haleyann underscore whatever. Um, yeah, my Substack, The Wrestling Muse. Uh, I got a couple other writing things going on, and dun, 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 dun. it's here. You know what you should do? You what? should open it to a random page and tell us what's on it. Okay. Me. Oh, you're really making it random. All right. Wait, I'm not even looking. All right. We got what George Jackson. What's the, the recipe? recipe? Is Hawaii Chivo and Sammy. <gasps> Ooh. But there's lots of people in here. I mean, Effie's in here. Allison K. Billy. And they're and they're Mark. they're like they're like legit recipes, guys. These are yeah. like these are uh, like. Let me see if I can find one of them. Like here's. Here's Billy's. Um, it's easy white chili. So they all pick their own recipes for the book. Um, Incredible. Their bios and stuff. But yeah. We're really proud of it. Um, I know a lot of you were asking me on Twitter when I posted this the other day about where you can get a copy because you guys really want a copy. Um, it should be on Amazon soon. I know all the backers. Um are in the process of getting their copies so once they get their copies that link will go live so definitely follow me on twitter so you don't um miss that um because i'm assuming it will probably go up when tag talk is off so you won't get my reminder at the end of the episode so you gotta follow me on twitter for that um but yeah we're very excited about it um but other than that i think that's it for my plugs we have a super chat from Caden who says ending this with the final countdown. Love the final countdown. Um, and I, I was not gonna, he's not gonna use it again, apparently, but it was, it was fun while it lasted. I was sitting there on my phone, like tweeting, and then I heard, da 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 da. I said, <gasps> and then my dog jumped into the air. <laughs> I screamed. I was like, no chance, because it's so expensive. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh, maybe they, like, sampled the intro and then it'll go into Danielson's music. And they said no, the whole thing. I said yes. And, like, I apparently wish... there's been, like, some stuff. With Someone the, bought like, the rights to it. Like, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but 
I think Tony Khan still said that it's super expensive and they're not going to use it again, which is really sad. Um, but really I was really excited to see it. Uh, my final thoughts that Forbidden Door was excellent and the Forbidden Door concept once again proves to be an incredible concept for wrestling. And I don't know why they're still doubters. Don't know what you're doing with your life. Enjoy wrestling. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Kylie Wrestling. I post everything I'm doing there. Um, July is going to be super weird. I'm going to be doing like 16 to 18 hour days. Um, I'm going to be in multiple states, a different state every day, basically. So I don't know what my Twitter is going to look like. I don't know if I'm going to be watching any wrestling. Who knows? But you can follow me on Twitter to see. Um, this is Fightful Overbooked. There's a lot of really great shows on here. Um, of course, Tag Talk, which is going on hiatus. Um, there's also Coexisting with Robin Maggie. There's FMC. Like, there's so many great shows to so go explore that. Uh, and subscribe to Fightful Overbook. The channel is growing really fast. I'm really excited about it. If you're watching this after we go live, well, thank you. Um, we'll see you in a month. I will. We do have a recorded. Listen, we got to plug our recorded special. Yeah. We recorded. Okay. Some of you guys might know Charlie on Twitter. She is the third elite girly. The three of us is what we've dubbed ourselves. And of course, we recorded an episode, which will be next week. Um, talking about the elite and uh, our favorite stories are, you know, hopes for the future. We talked about contract stuff, um, the stuff Haley and I never talk about, the yeah. business stuff, but we did it for you. I, I, you know, we bit the bullet and we said, we'll do it. So we did that. We talked about ratings. Oh, we never talk about ratings, but we did because it's recorded and we can't watch you bully us. <laughs> but, we did it. but we did it. So that'll be next week. Um, and then after that, It'll be a few weeks, uh, and then Tag Talk will be back. We'll still have the new background, and we'll be ready to talk about what we missed uh, and, and everything that's going on in the road to All In and whatever WWE is doing, if anything at all. Um, so that that's the situation right now. Um, if you're watching this after we go live, comment your thoughts below. Um, what do you think about Jungle Boy? What do you think about Omega Osprey? Thoughts on Chris Jericho? Thoughts on the final countdown? Anything you, you want to talk about, make sure you comment below and like this video. Um, Tag Talk. Oh, and when we come back, Tag Talk will be in the same spot. Mondays through p.m. Fight Blow, we're booked right here. We aren't moving there. Um, all that being said, we won't see you guys next. Oh. I forgot to plug it. I said I was going to at the beginning of this episode. I'm horrible. Um, we filmed a panel uh, for Katie, who runs yeah. She Lead. Um, uh, at Katie Wrestling 13 on Twitter. It's going up this Thursday, I believe she said, but it's we, it's me, Kylie, uh, Kate, Kate uh, Katrina, uh, and Daphne. We all kind of accumulated a list of our top five female wrestlers of, or female wrestling champions, champions. of yeah. all time. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, so definitely check that out on the She Elite podcast and follow Katie and everybody else involved um, they're all great women yeah we'll we'll tweet about that when it goes oh, yeah. up you, you won't miss it we'll make sure you get there it was a lot of fun um yeah i'm not gonna give you any spoilers for it because i want you to watch it um, <laughs> but we won't see you guys next week because it'll be a recorded episode next week but it's a great recorded episode you guys really really should watch it it was a lot of fun um thank you guys so much for joining us for this forbidden door feels um debrief our little therapy session <laughs> You guys were great, and we'll see you around. I usually, I normally say we'll see you next week, but we won't. So goodbye, <laughs> bye.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.